0: Welcome to Whiskey and Wonder. All right. I saw you reach for it there.
1: Hello, everyone.
0: We are back.
1: We are Whiskey and Wonder.
0: And we are back. We are back. After a week hiatus. Yes. Because I went on vacation.
1: And I went on
0: misery. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, It's a long story. We'll tell you about it later. But sure. I'm Megan. I'm Tyler. You can see that on the screen if you're on YouTube, which I would suggest everybody go check us out on YouTube so you can see my awesome fishing and farmer's tan. Um, white boy. Yes. Hashtag white boy. Also, you can see my mustache and my beard that's kind of grown in over the week of vacation. So. But I still have the mustache. It's just getting smaller. <laughs> Is, it's blending. I mean, yeah, it's blending. That's a better way of saying it. Um, like like Megan said, we are Whiskey and Wonder. You can find us at whiskeyandwonder.com, uh, on Instagram, at Whiskey Podcast. YouTube us, Whiskey and Wonder. Email us for our mailbag segment. We always want to hear what you got to say. Uh, contact at whiskeyandwonder.com. Uh, you can donate at paypal.me slash whiskeyandwonder or patreon.com slash And
1: All of that and more will be in the show notes at the bottom or on your screen if you're watching YouTube.
0: Absolutely. And for those that are watching YouTube, you can contact us individually uh, under our names there. That's our own personal um, emails and Instagram and or Twitter handles. Yep. So... I know we've been a little quiet on the social media, or at least I have, but I've just been on vacation, so
1: I've been sick.
0: yes, <laughs> um other announcements, like I said, we are back. We mm-hmm. don't foresee any misses unless something drastic happens again. <laughs> yeah. Knock on wood if you didn't hear that. <laughs> <Man>. <laughs> <laughs> and one of the dogs just barked um. At the-
1: Here at Whiskey and Wonder, we uh, review whiskey every week and we teach the other about something we've wondered about. So, random interesting topics.
0: Yes, yes. I forgot to mention that earlier, so thank you for that. You're welcome. Um, The other announcement we have is, um, you know, pretty simple this week. Just if you're interested in buying a Whiskey and Wonder uh, whiskey tumbler and a sticker or... Something else, you know, we've got those for sale on the website under our shop tab. Uh, we're always looking for guests and guest drinkers. We've had several people reach out that want to be on. So we're going to start working those out and lining up times. So it'll be, uh, you know, we'll have others teaching us stuff and maybe just sampling whiskey all together. We'll mm-hmm. we'll see how it goes. Maybe we'll, uh, if somebody doesn't want to teach, maybe we could make that just like a, Shooting shit episode where we make it bonus content or something. Yeah. Um. So we're we're thinking about things. We're definitely gonna have more guests on here. Yep. Um, Hit us up if you want to sponsor us. You know, we're always open for that as well. So, um, before we move too much further, just as always, want to thank everybody for their donations and the support for liking and subscribing and reviewing and spreading us. Um, I this is something. Obviously, uh, like I said, I kind of have been hands-off since I've been on vacation, but something I noticed when I got back today and checked everything out was that we're over 350 listens past 2,500, and it's not even been a month. My my mustache has not even blended into my beard yet, and we are zooming close to that 5,000 mark where Megan's going to have to... Uh, Dress. Wear
1: a pink dress. And and shoes. High and? heels. And a tiara. Yes. And white tights. Yes. I'm not looking forward to it.
0: <laughs> Especially with how quickly the Yeah, the numbers recovered. are going up. Yeah, I looked at that and I was like, up, and my beard recovered really quickly. So I'll never live down those pictures. Oh no. Uh and another <laughs> thing I just thought of, I just asked you to help me teach me about photography. Oh, great. (laughs) (laughs) Just in time. (laughs) Uh, Oh, man. All right. I guess on that note, we're going to jump right into it. If I can find the button somewhere.
2: The open segment.
0: I need to reorder these buttons so that they're in the right order. Um, That would help. All right. So this is the open segment. It's been two weeks, so I'm sure we got a ton to talk about. Yes. So let's start with you. What, uh.
1: Oh, my God. What's been Um, misery? The week where you were on vacation was horrible for me here in Charlotte. Um, so first off, I, uh, watched Tyler and Friend Shelby's dogs. Um, you're welcome. (laughs) You read that? Um, that's probably close to like. Two hundred and eighty pound of dogs, because um, the smallest dog is Bohannon, which is a purebred Australian Shepherd.
0: Yeah, he's about and he's sixty. Uh, yeah, right about fifty five, sixty
1: pounds. Yep, and he's the smallest. And then there is a Bernese Mountain Dog, uh, and there is a Great Pyrenees mix, and it was a lot of dog. And one of them ended up having diarrhea. Everywhere.
0: (laughs) Oh no, wrong one.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Either one of them kind of fits, so I'll take it.
0: Sorry if it was mine, and on behalf of Shelby, sorry if it was one of hers. Yep,
1: but Um, I'm not done. Oh boy, (laughs) that was not the worst part.
0: Dun dun dun. Uh,
1: I also got very sick that same time. So I had a fever of 101, and I was achy and yucky and gross and i dealt with that for i got sick monday tuesday ish and that was through the last couple days of your vacation but there's more that week that you were gone was the week where uh houston and i were moving oh no and i committed myself to watching your dog. Oh, I'm so sorry. That's okay. I appreciate
0: uh, you so much.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so needless to say, um, it was a huge, giant shit show between being sick, trying to move, dealing with dog diarrhea, having to go back and forth between moving, taking care of the dogs, going back, moving, taking care of the dogs, going back, blah, blah, blah. Mm. And work. And work. And work, yes, and work. So it was a lot. Um I will say when I was sick I didn't go into work but that was only for seven well 48 hours of the day where I watched your dogs and then the last yeah. day I was on my own time but I was still sick so
0: you know Yeah. Well, we appreciate you watching the dogs as yes. as always.
1: Yes, for sure. Well, I love the dogs and I appreciate you guys for giving me money to watch them. Yeah, that was nice. Uh,
0: absolutely. That was nice. <laughs> Happy to. <laughs> Happy to, Um, especially after dog diarrhea. Uh, (laughs) I would like a raise, please. uh, I can give you a hug. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So I went on vacation while all that was happening. And let me just tell you, it's freaking amazing. Um, I needed it for sure. I don't want to go back to my real job tomorrow morning at 530 in the morning. Not one bit. Oh, well, you got to yeah. do it. Do I? Can yeah. I just quit? Make this my real job and really put all my efforts and energies into this? God, I would love that. Yeah, me too. Uh, huh. goals. Anyways, yeah. Anyway, I went on vacation. We were gone for a week with uh, Shelby and I with some friends. And we went to, so I, let me start by saying I'm. we're near Charlotte, North Carolina. I think we said we were in Concord before. Yes. And I was born in a little town about, I don't know. Well, I was born in Charlotte, but I was raised in a little town 20 minutes from here. Never lived anywhere but the state of North Carolina. Never traveled any further west than basically Atlanta. You could draw a line from Cincinnati to Knoxville to Atlanta, and I've never been west of that. We went to Wyoming, Montana, Idaho, and Utah. Made a big loop, saw... Grand, uh, flew into Jackson, saw the Grand Teton mountains and did some hiking there in the national park. Then we went up to Yellowstone, uh, went to Bozeman, Montana, checked out some museums and some cool stuff up there. Then back down, ended up changing our plans and going to Yellowstone for a second day because we didn't get to see. We probably saw two thirds of it in the two days but the, by the, By the end of the first day, we hadn't even seen half of it. Oh, wow. Um, So we changed our plans and did that, and then we had a nice, cool five to five-and-a-half-hour ride down to Salt Lake City, which was surprisingly... When I planned it out, that was kind of just like a throwaway day, just, hey, we're going to be out there. Let's go check it out. And it was one of my favorite parts, actually. Um, I say all that to say two things. Number one... We went on an island in the middle of the Great Salt Lake and we were there about 8 o'clock in the morning. Um, There was no sound. Yeah. There was no insects, no birds, no planes, mm-hmm. no city noise, no mm-hmm. traffic. The only thing you heard was the wind blow by. And if you turned so that the wind was blowing straight at your ear, nothing. Like
1: Trippy. Like,
0: yeah. It, peaceful. That... I, oh man, I want to go back and camp. Did you go in the water? No. No? Mm-mm.
1: Uh, if you, you, well, because of the salt, if you go in the water, like you don't have to make any effort to float or anything. Yeah. Yeah. It's very, it's a very unique, interesting experience going into
0: Salt Lake. We have, we experienced every season during this trip. We camped in Yellowstone. Welcome to the West. One night. Yeah. We camped in Yellowstone one night and when we woke up, it was in the low 30s. When we got to Salt Lake City, uh, it was ni- at least low 90s, but it was a dry heat and not like nothing I've ever felt before.
1: Dry heat is way different than yes, it is. humid I heat. I
0: like it a lot better. Oh no, well, uh, mm. if it's in the 90s, if because there was a nice breeze, uh, I just like it better. If it was over over 100, I don't think I would like it. But
1: it gets hard to
0: breathe in dry heat. It's always heat. hard to breathe here.
1: I don't think so.
0: Oh, I do. Oh. I, I.
1: One of my favorite things about the South is the humidity. Coming from Colorado to down here, like stepping into the air felt like a sauna. It was so nice.
0: When we landed, <laughs> I literally said, welcome back to the land of swamp ass. <laughs> oh, this place is terrible. Uh, um, Oh, my God. Yeah, I, I'll put it this way. I, I wrapped up my vacation yesterday, I guess. I had a couple extra days off work after we got back, and I went fishing with my dad yesterday, and it was ungodly hot. And my dad, being the fart smeller that he is, um, <laughs> and if you don't get that joke, I'm sorry, <laughs> um, <laughs> he wore a white T-shirt. And within two hours, I could see through his white T-shirt
2: he was Gross. so drenched
0: with sweat. I mean, I was no better. I wore a gray t-shirt and I just, you could see it all on me too. So it was Gross. hot and humid as hell yesterday. I got sunburned too on my legs. Um, That's why I've got such a bad tan that you guys can see there. Um, But yeah, so that. Uh, one one thing I want to say before we move too far out of this is if you get the chance to go to Yellowstone, if you like nature at all, if you've never been, go. 100% worth it. Even if you do have to fight crowds, I hate crowds and it was 100% worth it. I would go back in a heartbeat. I even looked at like, I've got a degree that would let me finagle my way into uh, the National Park Service as a as a ranger potentially and or at least research related. Mm-hmm. I looked into doing it while we were out there, and unfortunately, is just not. Yeah, not, it's nothing. Not what I need. I also don't like the fact that they pretty much have guaranteed work for half the year, and then they're like, "You're SOL. Yeah, you gotta find something else to do." Yep. I don't like the thought of there are there are full time positions, but they.
1: They're few and far between. Yeah,
0: they're few and far between. And they were saying it was like single digits and you had to get on a snowmobile to go to town to get your groceries
1: mm-hmm.
0: stay in actual Yellowstone where the rangers do. So Yeah. There's other parks though. So we'll Did see. you get to
1: Zion when you were in Utah?
0: No, we, we stayed That's, in Salt Lake City. Zion oh, is gorgeous. I meant to uh, mention this earlier. I got distracted. Um, I did, while I was in Utah... You guys that are longtime listeners know that we have done two uh, whiskeys from High West Distillery, mm-hmm. one of which won our Whiskey of the Year last year in our New Year Special. That was the American Prairie, and then we also had did the Campfire this this year, which is the only blend of bourbon, rye, and Scotch, and it tastes like a campfire. Well. We stopped at a a little restaurant that had a bar Uh, the night we got into Salt Lake City and got to talking to the, excuse me, the manager, and he, I just happened to look up and see they had a bottle of the High West Double Rye. Well, shit, I'm on vacation. I might as well try it. I'm not driving, so we did that. I tried it. It was amazing. And he's like, oh, yeah, the distillery is only 30 minutes from here. (laughs) But... Bait was not meant to be. Oh, no. It was closed. Only open Thursday through Saturdays.
1: Do we not have a, we don't have a sad sound.
0: No, no, I, I want the, oh. like, failing prices Right music, but <laughs> I think that's trademarked.
1: Probably. Anyway,
0: <laughs> um, what was open was the High West Saloon. And so, Ooh. on the way out of Salt Lake City in Park City, Utah, what about? 20, 30 minutes out of the way, we stopped in there, and I got us bottles of both the rides we haven't had.
1: All right.
0: So we have those to try.
1: Very exciting.
0: I also got the chance to... They had a very small distillery in the saloon, uh, so I got a chance to poke around it for a few minutes
2: mm-hmm. as, a,
0: as a tourist. And when our last night in Jackson before we flew out in Wyoming... We went to this, It was, I guess it's like a ski lodge or whatever. I don't know if I told you this. They had, I saw Buffalo Trace behind the counter, so I got just a finger of that, and they were pouring heavy fingers too. It was great. <laughs> uh, I got drunk. <laughs> um, and then I saw that they had a Glenlivet bottle up there. You did tell me this. And they had the Glenlivet aged 18 years.
1: Yep. I'm, yep.
0: And it was only $13.
1: For a finger.
0: For Yeah, for a finger. And they poured me about two fingers. Oh, it was nice of them. The the waitress took a liking to me for whatever reason. Anyway, um, I'm going to say it was the beard. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, I had that and oh my God. I found out since then after talking to somebody else that I know that loves whiskey that They make a, it's either 23 or 25 year Mm age that is upward of $80 per finger, per shot. Oh my God. Yep. He said said when he found it and found the price, he said, I don't want to taste it that bad. Nope. So anyway.
1: Nope. Too uh, pricey for my pocket.
0: I, uh, in addition to the two high West, because truth, truth be told, We can get those here. Uh, They have all four of their major spirits are available here. Uh, But I can't get them in the small bottles, which is what I was able to get while I was out there, the uh, half of a fifth. Mm -hmm. I did bring back two others for us to try from out there as well. Sweet. We have four on the docket, plus we have one we haven't got to yet and two from friend john so we're sitting mm-hmm. pretty on and whiskey.
1: i have one um, and you have one yeah so we we still have quite a bit of whiskey to
0: Flaviar is coming up too
1: yes it is we have a lot and we're yeah. doing very good on yeah. our whiskey uh, yeah <laughs> we're not gonna run out anytime <laughs> soon
0: so y'all stay tuned we got a lot more episodes coming up for you yes we do all right. all right have you ever been to yellowstone
1: maybe i lit i don't know I, if I have, I do not remember it.
0: Oh, you should get out there. I know. I wouldn't fly to Jackson, but get out there. <laughs> Most expensive county in the goddamn country. Anyway. Oh my gosh. Yeah, it was. It was something. But all right, all right, let's move. Move on. Move right along. Where's my? There we go. Opening
2: the bottle.
1: All right, so this is another one of our whiskeys from Friend John. Um, Tyler, what is this? Because you're you're the paper, I don't.
0: (laughs) I do, you're right. So anybody that's been listening for a while knows that uh, Friend John, Shelby's brother, has sent us four very small samples. I just held it up to the camera. Uh, It's enough for each of us to get a finger out of. Uh, He sent us four of these, and they are all from— a group he's part of that gets a it's a distiller chosen single barrel batch of whiskey to disperse amongst the group. And he's kind enough to send send us uh, some samples. So this is these are things that you cannot buy in stores. This is just a one off yep. sample, essentially, um for VIPs, I guess. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, We get to be IPs. We're not VIPs, but we're IPs by extension, I guess. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, um, So this is number three. It's Traverse City Whiskey Company. Barrel-proof. It's a rye, and it's single barrel. It's 57%, and it's been aged six years.
1: All right. So we obviously won't have tasting notes or anything with this being such a... Rare uh, whiskey, but I can tell you guys a little bit about the Traverse City Whiskey Company. Traverse City is where we're from, a quaint, authentic city in northern Michigan that has become synonymous with enjoying life and whiskey. An active lifestyle and a retreat where timeless memories are made, our culture is a reflection of the area, and we're on a mission to produce the smoothest, greatest whiskey possible. Here at the Traverse City Whiskey Company, we've worked hard to reconstruct the recipe that's been lingering in one of our family heirlooms for three generations. Every day we're busy distilling the best whiskey around using the techniques derived directly from my great grandfather's patents. And that comes directly from their website. Um, So we will see. I got a bit of the flavor just when you poured it sitting all the way over here
0: wow really
1: yeah so it i uh, had the fla- the flavor the smell must be i don't know pretty strong i see I, you
0: i don't feel like it's hitting stronger than no no
1: no it's not i don't know why pouring it oh, i
0: that time it burnt my nose hairs <laughs> these are all really uh Really high proof. So they're all definitely going to be a little bit spicy. Yeah, I believe friend John sent us an email on the last one saying that they were all high. So they're all probably going to have a nice burn.
1: Yes. You remember how he said we're supposed to taste whiskey?
0: Uh, Essentially hold our nose.
1: And like hold your, don't breathe in, breathe yeah. out. Yeah, let me. I'm pretty sure he's like word for word almost what he said.
0: Yeah. Um, I'm going to pull the email up here. Keep that starred there. Here we go. Um, I don't inhale through my nose, but rather swallow and exhale out the mouth to avoid the nasal burn. I tend to pick up more of the flavors that way, so that's what we're going to try right now.
1: Yep. Um, Smell-wise, I'm getting uh, like an apple crisp. Maybe it's not quite an apple pie. It's not that sweet, but I am definitely getting...
0: um. yeah. Some, I, I definitely get apple on this. And yeah, it's some like a, a Granny Smith apple.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's why I'm thinking it's like an apple crisp. It's a baking apple, not a not an eating apple. Um, so with that, I'm guessing there's maybe a little bit of um, honey, something that
0: is. I'm smelling like a. Mm, it's something. It's hard to put my finger on. It's a very like mild smell kind of Uh, almost like a nougat maybe
1: okay i i can smell what you're stepping in i I get it (laughs) i get it yeah i get i get nougat um it it smells that time
0: that burned way, way in the back of my nose
1: well stop doing whatever you're doing to burn yourself
0: no that one not that's the first time i've ever smelled whiskey that's burned like in my sinuses, that was weird.
1: Okay, that's I. I have not experienced this painful burn that Tyler has experienced now. Yeah, well, that, no, <laughs> that was
0: on me. That one wasn't the whiskey. That was just I took too big a whiff, too far in the glass. I guess.
1: Man, I really the apple. I
0: it's overpowering. The apple. Yeah. I don't really get too much else. No, that, maybe. It, it, like I said, it's very mild. It might be a nougat.
1: Yeah, it. It smells very sweet for a rye. I'm not used to sweet rye, so I guess we're going to see um, what it tastes like. I'm going to let Tyler go first, and he's going to drink it. Um, so I, I do want to shout out um, the people we moved in with. Uh, I moved in with my sister-in-law and brother-in-law, um, so my sister-in-law's husband. Um, I highly doubt they will ever listen to this podcast, even if we make it to be, you know, Super huge. amazing and huge. I don't think this is going to be their cup of tea. Um, but just in case they ever do, Kayla and Brian, thank you so much for letting Houston and I move in with you guys. Um, amazing letting us save up for a house while the market is insane. Um, I, I really appreciate uh, you guys taking care of us like that. So thank you.
0: Yep. Thank you, guys. Yeah, that's huge. And also thanks for dealing with her while watching dogs while moving in
1: yes um on
0: on our behalf
1: yes and uh i i have a little bit more to share as well from my first experience living there that i wanted to talk about at some point today so i figure while tyler tastes and in between uh his tasting i will tell you guys so uh, i my last day watching the dogs was wednesday morning uh tyler and shelby came back wednesday evening So I left Shelby's house, left the dogs probably in the early afternoon, um, probably right around one or so. And then I went over to, I guess, my new home temporarily. Um, And my sister-in-law has two kids. She has a one-year-old and a three-year-old. And as we've uh, been told before on this podcast, we swear a lot. (laughs) (laughs)
0: yes um, we do apparently
1: Uh, and so I was there at like one o'clock and at six o'clock we were all in the living room um, me, Kayla, Brian I already know where this is going the two children uh, and Houston, Houston might not have been there no, no, he was there everyone was there and all of a sudden the three year old goes fuck <laughs> and Kayla goes, what did you just say? And he's like, nothing. And anyway, uh, I was there for less than 12 hours and the kid already started saying, fuck. <laughs> so mm, that's donkey. Yeehaw, yeehaw. Mm. <laughs> so
0: Bravo to you, madam. Yeah. Bravo to you.
1: Yep. So
0: what, when did he hear you say it?
1: Probably within seconds of entering the building.
0: <laughs> oh, I'm fucking glad to be off fucking work.
1: Some uh, who knows. <laughs> I, I'm trying to contain my cursing, but typically what happens is all like curse. I'll say something I shouldn't, and then I go like, "Oh fuck! Oh shit!" And it just kind of spirals. So I, that
0: actually reminded me of a story. Uh, while you're talking or drinking. Uh, so I worked retail when I was in college, and I worked at a place that had large, heavy bar stools, and one day I accidentally sat one down on my toe, and I went, God fucking bless, God bless fucking America, <laughs> and my buddy Micah at the time looks up, and he goes, man, you're going to be that guy that tries so hard not to cuss in front of kids and still tries to, and I was like, why? He goes, you just said God, instead of saying God damn it, you said God bless and then you slipped a fucking <laughs> in. <laughs> That's, I was like, oh, sh- I didn't even realize I did it.
1: That is me to a T. So Kayla, if ever you do listen to this and Brian, um, I'm sorry.
0: But for teaching your kids the F word.
1: I am who I am.
0: And I try.
1: Right. <laughs> Thank you for uh, not kicking us out.
0: Yep. Um, so let's let's hop on back to the whiskey here. So I have tasted it twice now. And I definitely it's a very mild burn, but it it's a warming burn, yeah, um, which all I, through I the like. chest, yes, it stays with you a little while, which is good, as I found out in cold weather this past week um I definitely overwhelming apple flavor, um yeah, some mild oaky flavors more on the back end for me,
2: mm,
1: definitely an apple,
0: oh, that time I just got a huge whiff of vanilla,
1: oh, interesting. Uh, Definitely apple. Um, In the middle, I get a dry taste. Like a, I don't know what it is, but it's definitely dry. Kind of like the way your tongue feels if you have, like, a really strong red wine. It just doesn't really feel like there's liquid in your mouth. It just, like, it feels weird. Um, So, So, apple, dry, warm. What were you going to say?
0: Um, I was just going to say for the people that are watching on YouTube. Oh, you just saw me make that face. It is not the whiskey. I have an enormous canker sore in my mouth, and every sip I take is burning it like you wouldn't believe. Cargo so, salt water. Yeah. I uh, Shelby told me the same thing. I don't want to. I've been putting <laughs> peroxide, hydrogen peroxide on it, and... uh or a or a gel or a saw, something like that that numbs the hell out of it. But I forgot to do it before we started recording this. So nope, that's your fault. Yes, it is. So now I have to enjoy that every time. So I'm not making that face out of it's not bad whiskey, it's just burning the piss out of my mouth. Ouch. Um so yeah, we don't really have what we're supposed to smell or what we're supposed to taste. So you have any any other notes to um, on this?
1: I mean, let me, let me see. Let me
0: see. Uh, I guess I can go mm-hmm. ahead and drink some more since I'll be presenting today.
1: Overpowering apple is really.
0: I'm definitely getting some smooth on the end. It's like a, it's mildly woody with a little bit of sweet in it. Um, mm-hmm. I think that's the vanilla that's coming out. Yeah.
1: Wood, woody. Um, I, mm, I hate dry wines. I think they're disgusting. So I guess I would probably equally transfer over to whiskeys. I'm not a fan of the dry sensation uh, you get in your mouth when you drink something dry tasting. Um,
0: I wouldn't say this is dry at all.
1: You don't, I feel like in the middle... In the mid mm. it's very dry I'm no. not
0: I, I, I would put it as um, I wouldn't I, I I can't compare that to having a dry wine at all eh. um, it's it's too uh, I don't know how to describe it it's just two totally different experiences for me
1: mm. well we'll continue to sip on it and see how it goes during your segment all right It's time for the Wonder Segment.
0: <clears throat> All right. So I researched today and this was actually a topic inspired by my vacation. Um, <laughs> and yet the reason it was inspired, like I said, I went to Yellowstone and I pretty much was like, you know what? You all right? You okay over there?
1: Yep, swallowed it wrong, trying not to oh. fuck up the mic.
0: Uh, all right, Megan's about to die over there. You can cough, it's fine. <laughs> you it's I'm going to awkwardly fill the air here. <laughs> Go ahead, well, tell us
1: about your story. So,
0: so anyway, I was going to um Oh shit. <laughs> Uh,
1: <laughs> I messed everything yeah, up.
0: No, it's fine. Uh, there we go. So thought I would uh, research Yellowstone, and I figured it would be on the list of the seven wonders of the natural world. But it's not. Mm-mm. And so naturally, I started looking them up. And so I thought this week we might wonder a little bit about some wonders
1: I like that. That sounds so, very,
0: very cool. I almost made this a series. Ooh. I almost did, but I decided to squeeze them all in because as I got started, some of them didn't have quite a as whole much information. Lot on them. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you just watch Megan Kangaroo out of the frame. <laughs> it's fine. Just, just don't cough into the mic and we're good. Um, so you want some water? Uh, all right, um, all right. So, uh, like I said, I thought Yellowstone would be on the list, um, as well as uh, I, honestly, I thought the Grand Tetons would be out there as well, maybe even the Great Salt Lake. But none of them, no, none of them are on there, which kind of blew my mind. And I realized once I started the research that I've never seen any. Of the natural wonders.
1: I mean, this is natural wonders of the world. That's true. Not the natural wonders of the West.
0: Well, I was thinking the United States. I world. think more. Uh I expected spoiler alert, I expected Niagara Falls to be on there and it's not. Um so I do want to start by saying that there are <laughs> I thought this was hilarious. There were two official uh entities. Trying to claim that they were the uh, the the official seven national wonders list. I, I don't know. I just thought that was weird. But, <laughs> um, I did find a couple lists that varied, so I went. I chose the one that was the most common. Um, so you might Google it if you feel interested, and you might find a different list. But I chose the seven that came up the most often. Okay. Um, and like I said, there's also certain wonders there's more information about and other ones there's not. There was less. So there are sections that are longer and shorter. So with that, we're going to go ahead and Teach jump right me. on in. The first wonder is the Grand Canyon.
1: Should I could have, have told you that one was there. Yeah, Makes sense.
0: That was the one that I knew was going to be there. So it's uh, So what is the Grand Canyon? Well, it's exactly that. It's a very large and deep canyon. It stretches for 277 miles through northern Arizona. It's 18 miles wide and over a mile deep in certain areas. The canyon exposes one of the most complete geologic records on the planet, exposing rock layers that are over 2 billion years old. And that's right. Billion. With with a a B. B. With a B. Um. Geologists believe that the canyon is 5 to 6 million years old, with the northern part, the oldest part, being 7 million years old. However, a recent study, recent, recent, from 2008, gathered evidence that supported the fact that the canyon was 17 million years old. So it's still a topic that's debated amongst geologists to the day. So we're going to... I know some of you people out there probably hate when I bring geology into this.
1: <laughs> nah.
0: I am so sorry. It's part sorry. of who you are. It is, but so, I'm, I'm no. sorry. If
1: none, of, none, none of us hate it.
0: All right. Well, to describe how it's formed, I got to get into some geology. And so if you hate when I bring it up, I'm sorry. And I'm going to spoil a little bit. We got some geology on several of these. Because... Natural wonders. They're natural wonders. And rocks are natural. Rocks are, but... If you break down the word geology, geo is a prefix for earth, or the root for earth, I guess. And ology is the, study of, the study of, it's not just rocks, it's the entire earth. So, Which is made of rock. Partially. <laughs> There's also water that sits on rock. Um, so we're going to start by explaining how the rock formed and then how it became a canyon. So to explain the rock, as backward as it might sound to somebody who's not a geologist, you got to start at the bottom. So that's the oldest or the basement rock. Mm -hmm. Um, The basement rock in the Grand Canyon is, like I mentioned, it's over 2 billion years old. It was originally produced from lava flows um, as igneous rocks. And over time, these... uh, Igneous rocks were eroded and metamorphosed. Um, that whenever there's a time break in the rock record like that, it's because you don't know how long it lasted. There's a, it's called a non conformity, I believe, and there are various types of non conformities, but I'm not going to get too much further into it than that. Um, so if you hear me throw that word around, that's what it means. There's just a chunk. You can't tell time in a chunk of the record. Um, so like I said, over 2 billion years ago, it started as igneous rocks. And over time, the rocks were eroded and metamorphosed into other igneous rocks, into a schist, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, the area changed throughout time uh, drastically during some periods. And it went from various shallow seas and beaches to swamps to arid deserts. We actually have uh, rock formations that um, signify, I guess is a good word, that it was uh, a desert with sand dunes. So naturally, a lot can happen over 2 billion years. Um, And as a result of each of these environments, as each of these environments were created, The result is that the geology was modified, resulting in distinct layers of sedimentary rocks. The Kaibab limestone, which is the top layer of, or the top rock layer in the Grand Canyon, actually formed at the bottom of the sea. So, why is it not under the sea now, you might ask? And if you don't know, there was a huge sea that covered the interior of the United States. Many, 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 many millions of years ago. That's why Pangea. No. Pangea was the supercontinent. Okay. As it started to break up, it might have even been before Pangea. Uh, There was a shallow sea that ran across the plains from essentially the Arctic to, uh, it wasn't the Gulf of Mexico at that point, but there was a a southern ocean. Mm -hmm. Anyway, that's why the Great Plains are so flat and so fertile.
1: That makes sense. Lots of dead fish.
0: Dead, yep. Dead organisms and whatnot. So anyway, the layers piled on top of one another in the shallow sea, and the area was ultimately uplifted due to low angle subduction, due to the low angle subduction of an ancient tectonic plate called the Phalaron, I'm sorry, Faralon plate during the Laramide Orogeny. Other results from this mountain building event, such as the Wind River, Bighorn, and Powder River basins and ranges, are present in the central Rockies. I don't know if you've ever heard of any of those, but they're stretched from Montana to Colorado. Mm-hmm. Typically, when subduction occurs, it occurs at a... So if your two plates colliding and one subducts, it goes down at a steep angle. When you have low-angle subduction... It happens faster, and it doesn't It doesn't deform the surface as much as a steep angle does. So if you want an example of that happening now, think about the west coast of South America, where currently the Nazca plate is being subducted under the South American plate. So along the Pacific side of South America, if you look at Chile and Argentina, it's very mountainous very quickly and that's because you've got a plate plates colliding one going under and it's pushing that other one back up yeah creating mountains interesting um in low angle subduction the surface is left relatively intact it is not deformed and it's basically just raised and so geologists believe that this process created the Colorado Plateau. I'm sure you're familiar. I with
1: know what the Colorado Plateau is.
0: And this is exactly where the Grand Canyon is located. Once the area had been raised about five to six million years ago, naturally, gravity took over and water began flowing towards the lowest point, what we call oceans. Quickly, the Colorado River formed, and it began cutting downward through the rock layers. And after a few million years, the
1: Grand Canyon was formed. Got the Grand Canyon. Yep. Just a little bit, day by day by day. Yep. So you probably saw me messing on my phone as you were telling that. I did. So I had been desperately trying to get in contact with my mother, my father, and my sister for one of them to tell me the highway I'm thinking of. And one of the coolest drives you can go on if you're out west. Um, you're heading if you're heading towards like California, Nevada, that area, there is a huge stretch of highway where you're driving through a canyon and on the side of the canyon, one, you can see all the different layers. Oh, that's but so cool. the coolest part, in my opinion, is there are fossils and it's fish fossils on the side where you're driving. It is so cool. And none of my family has replied to me. And I don't know what this highway is or what state it's located in. I think, I think it's in Utah. I might be wrong. It might be Arizona.
0: Um, Yeah, I was too far north in Utah for anything like that. But what I can tell you. It was, it's such a cool drive. I saw something uh, when we were driving out of Salt Lake City. We took Interstate 80 and took the uh, old country roads back to Jackson, took the scenic route as it were. And while we were on Interstate 80, which runs east out of Salt Lake City, we came upon a section of highway where it legitimately looked like two different parts of the country, one side versus the other. If you looked on the left side of the road, which is interesting because it's the northern side of the road, (laughs) it looked like it was Arizona. And if you looked on the right side of the road, according to Shelby, who's from California, it looked like the farming fields and the farming farmland of California. That's so cool. So it was like you were driving in two different parts of the country. Um if I had to guess, I would say it's probably Interstate seventy. Just looking at Google Maps here. Um I'm not looking at Arizona though, so I can't. Who knows?
1: Remember if if one of them yeah. reply to me by the end of this I will interrupt you and let it, let you know but cool. uh, if
0: not email if us if not yeah us
1: email us let us know what I'm thinking of
0: um uh, we're going to go ahead and move on to the next wonder which is the Great Barrier Reef
1: <laughs> Rest in peace
0: <sighs> spoiler The Great Barrier Reef is the world's largest coral reef system It's located off the coast of Queensland, Australia, and spans over 1,400 miles. It's made up of 900 islands, or former islands, 2,900 and 2,900 individual coral reefs. It was originally discovered in 1768 by Louis de Bougainville. I know that's not French at all, but I don't know how... Bougainville? Is that how the French would say that?
1: I would have to see it. Probably. Probably not Ville.
0: Yeah. It's V-I-L-L-E. And it's (coughs) B-O-U-G-A-I-N-V-I-L-L-E. Megan found it.
1: Dinosaur Diamond Prehistoric Highway. So, Dinosaur (laughs) Diamond Prehistoric Highway, she says.
0: Got it right there.
1: It is in Utah. Utah. It goes from Grand Junction to Utah. That must be what I'm thinking of. I'm guessing.
0: Damn, I wish I had known that. I would, oh, that's so cool. We actually, um, not to get too much, too far back on my vacation, but um, I told you we did some stuff in Bozeman. We went to a museum that had uh, the largest, most complete uh, T-Rex fossils. That's cool. It's friggin' huge. I would have to run across one of those things. Oh, yeah. Being, you know, alive. But anyway, they had several T-Rex fossils there. Um, So, uh, a diverse amount of animals and wildlife call the reef home, including the coral that makes it up, which makes it the largest single structure created by organisms in the world. It was formed when, again, our good friend Uplift occurred. It's believed that the eastern Eastern Australia experienced tectonic uplift that resulted in the creation of the shallow coral sea basin. Um, Because the conditions were right and at the right depth and height and access to sunlight and whatever other nutrients they needed, coral reefs began to grow in this new basin. Coral, as I mentioned, only grows in certain shallow water climates, And as time progressed, sea level and landscape actually fluctuated. As it would fluctuate, coral would stop growing when the conditions weren't right. From 20,000 years ago to 6,000 years ago, the sea levels slowly rose, submerging the islands around the reef, which allowed the coral to begin growing in those locations as well. Part of why it's so topographical. I guess, in the actual reef. Um, As Megan alluded to earlier, though, sadly, the reef is under attack. Multiple studies have shown that the reef has lost over half of its coral since 1985 and that coral bleaching due to increasing water temperatures is running rampant.
1: Hasn't it officially been declared dead? I thought it... Well, oh, wow, your
0: face. Okay. So... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> uh, I came across I think I came across what you're referring to I don't remember what the article or what newspaper it was but there was a there was a it was a magazine or a publication of some sort that ran an article that was an obituary for the Great Barrier Reef and uh, pretty much everybody was like whoa calm your tits it's not dead yet Yet." <laughs> So we're doing everything we can to try and save it. Mm, well, maybe are not we, care. though? Maybe not everything, but I think uh, that argument is one of those. Not in my backyard. Look, it it's died before it'll come. I mean, I'm not going to say the whole thing's died before, but the climate changes on its own. I'm not saying we're not helping it, but it will eventually, probably after humans are gone, revert to where a new, uh, I don't want to say a new coral reef because it might have evolved by then. But you know what I'm saying. Something new will come along and replace it. Everything, 99% of all species that have ever lived have died out. We're going to be one of them. Everything that's alive now is going to be one of them.
1: But we should try to preserve the stuff that is here now so we can enjoy it.
0: Well, I agree with that, but... Unless you're willing to go back to how it was before the Industrial Revolution, and that goes for everybody. Like, you want to stop climate change, that's how we do it. Point, I mean... Point blank, pure and simple. You want to Using green energy would help, wouldn't it? Yeah, it would help, but the cost is just... It's not cost-effective, and unfortunately, we live in a cost-effective world. At the moment, it's not cost-effective. It's getting better. But, I mean, realistically... You want to look out your your window? You ever heard of "Not in My Backyard"? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's like everybody wants clean energy until it's in their backyard. There's a big windmill and they can't see the sunset. <sighs> Which actually, on the flight back, I saw a bunch of windmills down there. It was mm-hmm. really, I stared out the window the entire flight. Back. Oh yeah, it was so cool. Um, I actually, it's have, amazing
1: how big those things are up close. Yeah. Um, yeah, they're. It's amazing.
0: I had a I had an interesting experience on the ride there because it was rainy. Um I don't think it was rainy here but it was it was rainy. Actually, yeah, it was. It it rained on us. We had a connecting flight in Atlanta. It rained on us there and it ended up clearing up over the uh Tennessee West and then as we got into the mountains in Wyoming, it started getting rainy. But I just happened to—I uh, was by the window. I just happened to open my window right as we were crossing the Mississippi. It was so cool, <laughs> and then I stared out the window for three hours, trying to make sure I didn't miss it on the way back because I've never seen the Mississippi in person, and I really wanted to. Um. Anyway, side side note. Um,
1: Crazy what you take for va- take for advantage because I. I've seen the Colorado and the Mississippi so many times in my life. I've been in both rivers and it's, I never would have thought like,
0: I've never seen either and want so badly too.
1: Wow. Amazing. Um, Amazing. This is this world. I really would like us to take better care of it.
0: Yeah. I I agree wholeheartedly. And I, I mean, you know me, I'm all for, let's, uh, I want to go off the grid. So bring back the 1840s living. I'm good with, a wood stove and uh, you know I I'll like let
1: the windmill be in my backyard
0: I like technology but unfortunately we've dammed up everything we can dam up to the point where we're stealing water from Mexico gotta think about that because the Colorado is dammed to the point gotta provide them Californians with water for settling where they shouldn't have settled morons I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry to anybody in California All right,
1: we're like getting way off <laughs> yeah, track sorry
0: so anyway Um, Like I said, the reef under attack, it's lost over half its coral since 1985. Um, Studies have also shown that a large amount of coral died in 2016 and 17 uh, due to water temperature rising and that the amount of baby corals in the reef dropped drastically as a result in 2018. Scientists are actually considering this to be the early stages of a natural selection event, which is kind of interesting to observe. The next um, phenomena, I'm going to call it, is Aurora Borealis, a.k.a. the Northern Lights.
1: This I want to see in person. I do as well. So bad. I'll,
0: I'll be honest with you. There weren't many on here that I could say, I want to go see this. There was...
1: Looking through them. Yeah, I'm looking through
0: them. I think there were three out of seven. Um. And, but this was one. The Grand Canyon's is one. Uh, the Northern Lights is another. So the Northern Lights are produced as a result of interactions between the sun and the Earth's upper atmosphere. The same phenomenon actually occurs in the southern hemisphere where it's called the aurora australis. Uh, no, I'm sorry. Australis. The best chance of viewing either of these actually comes between the 55 and 80 degree latitudes in the northern hemisphere. Uh, What causes it? The sun emits electrically charged particles, which are known as ions, that move away from the sun in the solar wind. This is technically considered a stream of plasma. This plasma contacts the Earth's magnetic field, just like the air around your car, it has to go around and the ions become agitated when they're forced to move around the earth. Some ions actually become trapped in the upper layers of the atmosphere and interact with the atmosphere. That results in the ions glowing. The glow appears to be like a light curtain because this entire process is very fluid and dynamic, uh, which means it's constantly changing. Uh, These phenomena are completely harmless to life on Earth, but it can interfere with satellite communications and TV or radio broadcasts. As I mentioned earlier, they're best viewed higher up in the northern hemisphere latitudes, but they have been observed as far south as the southern U.S. So everybody's got a chance to see them. Look up, people, at night because I can't tell you how many times I get home from work and just stare up at the stars. Like, it's beautiful. I know a lot of people probably probably live in places where they can't quite see the stars, but everybody should look up at night every once in a while. Remind, Especially if you're not in a city. Yeah, remind you how small you are. Mm-hmm. Humbling. Um, the next one is one that I, it changed my mind on a lot of things originally known as the smoke that thunders. The waterfall along the Zambezi River in southern Africa is one of the largest waterfalls on earth. It's called the Victoria Falls. It's 5,604 feet wide and is located along the border of Zambia and Zimbabwe. It's not the widest. It's not the tallest waterfall, but it is considered the largest sheet of falling water. So essentially by area, it's the largest waterfall. What's
1: out. it What's it called?
0: Victoria Falls. Google a picture of it. Everybody go Google a picture of that. It's believed that David Livingstone, a Scottish explorer and missionary, is the first European to see the falls. Um, in November of 19, uh, 1855, he named it after Queen Victoria when he gazed upon it. Damn Europeans claiming shit. Don't belong to them. Yep. At the first gorge, the entire Zambezi River flows over the 5,600-foot cliff, and the depth of the pool below ranges from 260 to 360 feet.
1: That is, when you think about it, that's not very deep for how far down.
0: That's not even a tenth of the way down the the rock that it the cliff that it just fell over. Yeah, yeah, it's not. But I still wouldn't want to be swimming in two hundred sixty feet of water. Well, no,
1: but that's comparatively, it's not very uh, much. Wow, this is a beautiful waterfall.
0: Yes, it is. It is enormous. The entire river goes over it. Wow. Um, and I'll, I'll tell you what it changed when I get to the end of this bit. The Zambezi River actually previously drained south through Bostwana. And into the Limpopo River. But around 2 million years ago, excuse me, and that's million with an M, our old friend uplift started happening again.
1: Noticing a pattern.
0: And the route became blocked by higher elevations between Zimbabwe and the Kalahari Desert, which formed an ancient lake called, I'm going to try this one time, Lake Makgadigadi, Yeah, like Gaddy. That's the best I can do on that one. This lake appears to have been Endorheic. I think that's how you pronounce that, Endorheic, which means that it had no natural outlet. So like the Great Salt Lake, it doesn't drain. Around 20,000 years ago, the climate changed and grew wetter, which resulted in the lake getting more rain and eventually overflowing and creating its own drain to the east. As it drained, it cut the Batoka Gorge over time, and geologists, it flows over a basalt flat that forms the plateau and the falls. Um, The Zambezi River flows over the basalt, and it was, um, I'm sorry, I jacked that sentence all up. Geologists believe that the basalt flat was formed around 200 million years ago that the Zambezi flows over. So that rock is 200 million years old that it's flowing over tall ass cliff. Wow. So I've, I've maintained ever since I was in high school, let me start at the beginning. I hate shots, hate needles. Do not like them. Do not want. And you have to get a bajillion if you want to go to Africa
2: to protect
0: Mm -hmm. you from all the disease and whatnot. And I've sworn off Africa for that reason. (laughs) I don't want to go to Africa because I don't want to get a bajillion needles. I'm reconsidering after seeing pictures of that. Everybody should go check out the pictures. It's gorgeous. Like stunning.
1: Amazing. Absolutely amazing. I'm. I'm wowed.
0: Yes, that one is the third that I want to see on here. The rest, I could take your leave, but they're amazing regardless.
1: So, so you want to see Grand Canyon? Yes. Aurora, Bore- oh. <laughs> Aurora Borealis. Correct. And the Victoria Falls. Correct. Okay, the rest you're like,
0: yeah. Yeah, I could see them in pictures and be happy.
1: Okay, I'm curious to know if I feel the same. Let's go.
0: Okay. I will ask, I want your opinion on all of them at the end. Okay. So, the next one, originally called Guanabara Bay, is the harbor of Rio de Janeiro. The harbor is 19 miles long and 17 miles wide at its widest. It was first seen by Europeans on January 1st, 1502, when Gaspar de Limos and... Gonzalo Colho, two Portuguese explorers arrived. The Portuguese and French would both settle in the area until the Portuguese would ultimately run the French off in 1560. I see you're looking at your phone, and it is Rio de Janeiro. It's the the, the natural bay created where they've got the big statue of Jesus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that's very beautiful. It is, and I'll explain why another reason why. It's a natural phenomenon. Uh, Soon after, uh, like I said, the Portuguese and the French would both settle in the area, uh, but the Portuguese would ultimately run the French off in 1560. Soon afterwards, four forts had been established around the bay. Due to its geography and the way it's designed, it was basically shielded from naval attacks. If you look at it on Google Maps, look look at the structure of it. Um, it kind of goes... It's very similar. Have you ever seen how San Francisco Bay is yeah. organized? It's yeah. a very similar structure to that. And But it's naturally... But it's... Na- well, uh, San Francisco Bay was natural, too. Oh, well. Um, the bay is surrounded by granite mountains, which the Atlantic Ocean eroded away to create the bay. Uh, Sugarloaf, Corcovado Peak, and the hills of Chihuahua all still tower around the bay. Uh, Corcovado Peak is the famous home of the Christ the Redeemer statue, the big Jesus with his hands open. Uh, The bay is also known for its islands where there are over 130 islands and some of the most spectacular beaches made of very white granite sand. It is also the world's largest natural deep water bay based on volume. Truth be told, this was one of the few one of the ones with the fewest information on it. Um, but I did find one little last nugget, and that, that is the Temoyo people were the original inhabitants of the area before the white man come. The next one, everybody's going to guess. There's only two left, and everybody would guess this one. Mount Everest. Had to be on this list somewhere, right? Tallest point on the earth. Good old Mount Everest. So we all know it. We've heard of it. And if you've lived under a rock for some reason, I just said it. It's the tallest mountain above sea level. It's located in the Himalayan mountains along the border between China and Nepal. Its peak, this blew me away, by the way, its peak is 29,031.7 feet above sea level. Just to give you a little bit of reference here, commercial jet cruising altitude starts at thirty thousand feet.
1: Oh, so like,
0: like you reach out and you can like touch they're it, passing within, within seventy feet. Oh my god! <laughs> now, in fairness, it's a range, so they can go higher. Yeah, but, but that that's that's that's
1: very high.
0: Yeah, Mount Everest is part of the Himalayan mountain range, one of the tallest and youngest mountain ranges on Earth. In fact, they're still growing. They're that young. Haven't even hit puberty yet. Everest grows approximately two and a half inches every year. Another fun fact about Everest is that its top layer, aka the rock at the peak, is limestone. Now, if you're paying attention earlier at the Grand Canyon bit, you'll realize that limestone is a sedimentary rock. And if you remember the basic geology I've mentioned on here on previous episodes, sedimentary rock is formed up of other rocks once they've been weathered away. And so is taller. The tallest point on Earth is a sedimentary rock. It is... Let me, let me just... Uh, I'll summarize it right here. So you might be asking yourself, how exactly is the highest point on Earth made up of rocks that were already previously on Earth? Well, you would think it's just one big giant mountain that lava made, right? Logically, it's not. To put it simply, Mount Everest used to just be part of the ocean floor. So I'm not going to get too too terribly far into plate, te- plate tectonics. Don't worry. I'm not going to get geology nerd on you. But <laughs> suffice to say that India is on its own tectonic plate. And over the last 71 million years or so, it's been moving north, directly toward the Eurasian plate. Within the last 10 million years, the two plates have collided, and just like you would expect to see the hood on two cars that crash head-on, the surfaces are crumpling and being forced upward, and it's still actively happening. That's why Everest is rising each year. It's just a slow motion car crash of land masses.
1: How much is it rising each year?
0: Two and a half inches. About yay far. Every year. So you think of think of two cars hitting and the energy and bending <laughs> the hoods. Is, yeah, Oops. it bends the hoods, it makes them crumple up. The energy is dispersed upward and downward. Same thing's just happening, it's just slow motion. Um naturally, with Everest being the tallest point on earth, people want to conquer it. They want to go to the summit. There's actually two main paths to the top. One you access from Taiwan and one you access from Nepal. I also kinda of think it's funny there's not one in China, but I don't know too much about that. If you listen in China, that's a shot.
1: <laughs> no, it's not.
0: We it's don't. A, it's a shot. We don't. <laughs> anyway. Don't come at us. Uh, both are treacherous and have, and over 300 people have lost their lives while trying to reach the summit. Now, sadly, I'm sure a lot of people know this, but for anyone that doesn't, if someone is killed or dies above a certain altitude while trying to summit Everest, it is too dangerous to try and retrieve their body. Yep.
1: And they just stay there.
0: They are left there. And I'm not trying to be insensitive when I say this, but because of the cold climate, and the lack of air, the bodies don't really decompose.
1: They're used as markers. They're
0: literally left frozen solid as trail markers and and reminders of the costs associated yeah. with the attempt. That's one of the most
1: horrifying and like upsetting pictures, in my opinion, that I've looked at and I've seen are pictures of the trail markers of these.
0: I stumbled across one today.
1: It's, yeah, it's very upsetting to look at in my opinion.
0: Yeah. That was, I do
1: not, do not like that.
0: Yeah. It's, you know, I, I personally look at it uh, like this. Um, I, I guess, I take solace in the fact that these people are living more than I've gonna, I'm going to live my entire life probably. Mm. So, they were they were doing what they loved and wanted to do. So, um with all that being said, Everest is not the most deadly mountain in the world. It's not. No. That honor it's actually not even second. That honor of the most deadly goes to Annapurna, which is, I believe, in Pakistan? No, I'm sorry, K2. K2 was second on the list, and it was in Pakistan. I don't remember where Annapurna was. I will Google that. Really, How is it more dangerous? So, I'm glad you asked. I just, I don't have this in my notes, but I remember reading about it. Uh, Annapurna is uh, part of the Himalayas in north-central Nepal. It is very... Unstable and very prone to landslides and, um, okay, avalanche and falling ice. Okay. Yeah. So it is, it is more deadly than Everest. Last, but certainly not least, and I would, I'm going to put an asterisk on my, I want to see three of these. I would go see this phenomena. If it happens again, Yes. Last but not least is the Pericutin Volcano. It's located in the southwestern part of Mexico. Pericutin? Pericutin, P A R I C U T I N. Pericutin was the home to a small village of farmers. And on February 20th, 1943, local farmer Dionzio Pulido noticed a crack running across the hill on his property. In the few minutes it took him to get over to investigate this crack, he found that the area had risen two meters since he started walking over there. Uh Uh-oh. Shortly afterward, the crack began spewing lava, and within 24 hours, it was over 400 feet tall. It had turned into a cinder cone volcano and continued to grow. Within a year, it had grown to almost 1,200 feet tall. Oh. In the original eruption, the village of Perikutan was destroyed, along with a couple other nearby villages. 90% of all the lava that was produced was, done, was produced during the first 23 months, but the volcano was still active until 1952, so that was about nine years. Of oh, just...
1: That- Volcano. Yes. In the middle of some
0: farmer's field. By then it had grown to almost fourteen hundred feet tall. This was a huge, huge um, event for the scientific community, for geologists, because they were able to chronicle an entire life cycle of this volcano in less than ten years, essentially. So why did this volcano just randomly pop up in this farm field? Is it gonna happen? To me, to my house, is there going to be a volcano here? You're shaking your head. How do you know?
1: I just... I I would assume it has something to do with tectonics.
0: In a way, it does, yes. <laughs> so, no, it's not just going to happen anywhere you live. Now, unless you live in that same area. <laughs> so, <laughs> this area is actually part of the... Oh, God. My... Mycoaken... Guanajuato volcanic field. I butchered that. I'm sorry. It's famous for monogenetic volcanism. Basically, this is when a volcano creates a vent, erupts, and then goes dormant, only to create another new vent in the future. If you look around this area on Google Maps and other satellites, you'll see several dozen of these same volcanic vents that are all dormant and have all been active in the past, that probably rose and lived their life in 10 to 30 year periods. So, the risk of this particular event erupting again in the future, very unlikely. But there's always the risk that the new vent is going to pop up under somebody's property there. And that is what I have on the seven natural wonders of the world.
1: Wow. Very interesting. Um, I'm not going to lie. When you started doing this, I thought you were going to do the seven ancient wonders of the world. So that's, that's another one you're going to have to do.
0: I, so this has been on my list of things to do was the seven wonders of the world. And like I said, it kind of Yellowstone inspired me. I thought for sure Yellowstone would be on there because it's like a different planet. And I said, you know what? Yeah, I'll do that just to, you know, just because I'm still living on the high of Yellowstone, not trying not to go back to work tomorrow. And (laughs) I was shocked when it wasn't on there. I was like, well, I got to, I'm learning about this. I might as well research it. There's so many, so many
1: things that could be on that list that. Yeah. It's just amazing. Yeah. Makes you really think about how we're less than a blink. To the universe. We're nothing.
0: Yep. Absolutely.
1: Absolutely nothing. We're not even a speck of dust.
0: Yep. Nothing. Like I said, guys, look up at night if you can see the stars. Remind yourself. I don't want to say how insignificant we are, but... We are, though. We
1: are insignificant. Yeah.
0: In the grand scheme of things. And, And, you know, people say that I'm harsh and... Uh, blunt I guess about it but I'll be the first one to tell you look humanity is going to die out and this earth is going to live a lot longer than we are it will fix itself yeah it's just going to do so without us
1: yeah so, that's what I think a lot of climate change deniers and stuff don't get is we're not saying the world is going to end we're saying humanity is going to
0: end yes if you look back at I took a class on this in college, and it was probably my favorite class that I took. It was taught by my favorite professor. And basically, um, I don't remember exactly what the class name was, but we learned. Basically, the, the, the key concept I took away from that class is that there are four spheres on this planet. There's the atmosphere. The hydrosphere, all the water. The atmosphere is the air. The lithosphere, which is all the land, and the biosphere, which is all the life. Those four spheres, and when they're all in equilibrium, things are great. When I believe it's at least two get out of equilibrium, it snaps back to equilibrium very fast. It will correct itself. These spheres will, nature will find a way to correct itself. Um, The problem when that happened is that the sphere that suffers the most is the biosphere. Life on this planet is what suffers. And if you look at what we're doing with the oceans and the atmosphere, we're knocking them out of equilibrium. So there's going to come a day, like it or not, people, there's going to come a day where humans won't exist unless we make it off this rock and go trash some other planet and then we're just irresponsible parasites at that point. Yep. Um but anyway. That was um that was honestly one of my favorite classes to learn. I never thought about it like that. So That's we do need to watch what yeah. we do. We do have an effect on the planet. And we will pay for it eventually. Yep. Bye. So true. On that note, what are your What do you want to see out of this list? Um, you want me to run through all seven of them again? It, yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. So we got the Grand Canyon, the Great Barrier Reef, the Northern Lights. Because I can't say the other one, hardly. <laughs> uh, Victoria Falls, Harbor of Rio de Janeiro, Mount Everest, and the Pericutan volcano.
1: The one I want to see the most in person with my own eyes is the Aurora Borealis. Okay. Um. I want to see that more than anything. I want to go to the watch the Iditarod and see the northern lights. That's
0: what is the Iditarod?
1: I'll talk to you more about it in March, but it's the sled. Do- it's a it's the oh. sled dog race. Okay, yeah. I'll talk to you about it in a few months. Stay tuned. Um,
2: I guess I just <laughs> learned a topic I can't do, guys.
1: Um, that's. Really, that's the only one I want to see on my bucket list before I die. That's okay. the only one that I have to see with my own eyes, um, or I'll be
0: upset. What if, what if it came to you? Like I said, sometimes you can see it as far south as the southern U.S.
1: I, if I could see it,
0: but dream fulfilled. I remember there was uh, not that long ago, like within the last two years, people in like D.C. were, able we're seeing to see it. it. Yeah. yeah, I remember that. Yeah.
1: Yeah, if it came to me that wish fulfilled, I mean, I still would want to go to the Iditarod, but
0: sure, yeah, yeah, I would That's be able to mark off that bucket list item.
1: Yeah, um, the Great Barrier Reef. I would. I'm terrified of the ocean, of water, sharks, jellyfish, um, things that'll kill me. So, but I love. Aquariums, and I love looking at stuff under the ocean. So that's something that it's probably my number two on the list. But I don't want to like physically go to it. But I definitely like seeing pictures of it, reading about it, um, going to aquariums oh, where that I'm, life I'm not exists. Like
0: pictures and stuff. Oh, I, you're talking I, to I actually go actually see. Actually go see because those are the three and a half that I want to visit. The other ones I'm good seeing pictures of.
1: Okay, then the Aurora Borealis. That's it. That's the only one I want wow. to see. Okay, with my own two eyes.
0: All right, for me the number one is the Grand Canyon. Naturally, rock person. Makes sense.
1: <laughs> Makes sense.
0: <laughs> All right. Uh, well, with that said, guys, we're going to go ahead and jump into a Tyler nugget. <laughs> Trivia with Tyler. Oh, man. I had one picked out, and I realized it, I had more that were Ooh. older. So I'm going to use one of the older ones. Um. All right. So did you know that Beverly Hills, California, you might have heard of it.
1: <laughs> Maybe.
0: Is named after Beverly Farms, Massachusetts, which was named... After the town, Beverly, in Yorkshire, England, which came from the name Beaverlack in the 10th century, meaning Beaver Lake, because <laughs> of all the beavers in the nearby river.
1: I had no idea that was a thing. <laughs> I had no idea that was a thing. That's amazing.
0: So now you know the Beverly Hills was named after some beavers in the 10th century.
1: <laughs> the more you know oh beaver lake hills
0: <laughs> final thoughts I completely jacked that up it's Wait. mailbag time I just looked at my pulled my schedule back up because my notes were off all right guess what back up <laughs> time rewind,
1: uh,
0: rewind yep so
1: we actually have mail today so thank you guys
0: so much for emailing us yes thank you we're so used to not getting it that i skipped it <laughs> <laughs> um all right so we got two over the long break um the first one came from papa bill which is megan's dad i think we called him a Bunch of different names at this point, but that's what he put on here, so I'm reading it that way. (laughs) Hello, guys. I did not vote on the new section because I was just too busy. I appreciate your honesty. (laughs) As it turned out, that was for the best, or that was the best thing. I would have been the lone holdout and voted no. Damn, dad. That was because I didn't understand what it was. So far, I like it immensely. Keep it up. Thanks for the feedback.
1: Yeah, cool.
0: So he jumps into another Megan story here. Always. Megan was probably two years old when we realized that she was a Southpaw. Anybody that doesn't know, that means lefty. Her mom bought a battery-powered handheld candy dispenser. I showed her how it worked and handed it to her. She looked at it, puzzled for a minute, then put it in her left hand, and it was made for right-handed use. Needless to say, she had one hell of a time using it. It's very hard to show a lefty how to do anything because it's backwards from a righty. She had an interest in golf, but I couldn't figure out how to tell her or show her how to spank Whitey. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what the hell that means. It means to hit the must.
1: ball golf so. like you spank.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God.
0: <laughs> nice. I mm. like it spank whitey Uh, spank whitey so i paid a golf pro to teach her, but i have never been able to be much of much help
1: it was also a right-handed golf pro so that didn't help me
0: having said that if you can help her with her swing i would be forever grateful i watched the shave episode and it was (laughs) awesome i think you should consider cutting the stripes in the new beard i for one don't see anything wrong with no beard maybe for 10k listens you should shave again but this time the mustache goes as well I dare Tyler to take one more for the team. No, (laughs) I have done this. I have not done that in five years and it's going to be another five years at least before I do probably 10 at this point. Uh, He goes on to say that was one badass shrimp. I picked up a crawdad at a tank. That's what North Texans call a pond. It smacked me so hard. I dropped it. I thought it bit me, but now I know it smacked me. I request a seat in the pod chair in October as I have a topic that has interested me for over a year and I finally got the story or at least part of it. It has been a secret for over 50 years and I think it will make for a great topic. You, you are definitely welcome to come in this chair and I've got every, I've got all the kinks worked out. So everybody that's a guest can have their own freaking camera. Yes. Um, He said, uh, he goes on to say, we'll be out there for the Roval, which is the NASCAR race in Charlotte in October. Not for his daughter.
1: (laughs) Like to point that out.
0: I believe it's the eighth night. I won't be tasting the booze though. (laughs) Don't scratch the twins, Tyler. Uh, (laughs) shout out to me having poison Ivy on my nutsack a couple weeks ago. Uh, he's hitting, he's, he's hitting them all in this one, uh, I'm really enjoying this podcast more than I have words to describe. I look forward to hearing the next episode. Enjoy your vacation. And if you can get by Glenwood Springs, we will put you up, treat you to the hot springs and show you around. Done. As soon as I get more vacation time. Yes. (laughs) I I just planned out another one for December. And so now I'm flat done on vacation time. But yes, next year, I'm going to try to get out to Colorado. Oh, as always, I love his emails. I do too all right i can't wait for him to come sit in this chair so look forward to an episode in october yes. guys where we have megan's dad on the podcast telling stories maybe we'll, and maybe we'll get him in here and bullshit and make that a bonus episode because his stories yeah, are yeah really good we'll, um uh, maybe we'll make that like extra content or something. yeah
1: his wonder segment section what he wants to talk about though is gonna have to be a real episode episode okay. because i know what it is it's what? fascinating And it literally, and I'm going to just tell you guys now to get you a little bit excited. It is literally a government secret that was kept for 50 years that was only recently um, declassified and only about seven people in the entire country know about it. Wow. It is.
0: And I know you've told me a smidge about it. Yes, yes. And my question is: Are we sure it's seven people? No. Okay.
1: No, I'm just throwing that it number be, out.
0: It might be less.
1: It it might be. I know. It, however many were in, it's a military secret. So however many people were in his unit. Unit. But. And they're all getting old. They're getting old. So, so who knows?
0: They might have passed on. Yeah.
1: So who knows how many other people know? Um, that's going to be an episode that.
0: You don't want to miss You it.
1: don't want to miss, no. And I'll, that will be posted am, all over the place because yes. that's going to be a one-of-a-kind story you're not going to hear or read about anywhere
0: else. I am so excited to have it, and I'm so excited to have the capability to, even if something happens and this goes, gets completely erased from the internet, I will still have the copy saved if I ever want to listen to yes. it. Yes. So, <laughs> I in multiple places. Once um, it's
1: on the internet, it's never gone, though. So,
0: yeah, That's what you say.
1: But, Don't share nudes, kids. Wow.
0: Well, nudes are valuable. <laughs> <laughs> not sure if uh <laughs> not sure if people are perverts are gonna say the same about whiskey and wonder podcasts. Anyway, we're gonna move on to our next email. Uh, it comes from friend Morgan. She says, Hi guys. I remember a few episodes I remember a few episodes ago you mentioned an alpine slide. A couple of weeks ago, we visited Colorado and went on one in Breckenridge. It was my first time ever riding one. It was the fully controllable bobsled type, and boy, was it fun. (laughs) Yeah. The mountain views from it were amazing as well. I highly recommend it if you guys travel back to the area. Next up is the one in Banner Elk, North Carolina. Who's down? We're definitely on the lookout for more. Keep up the awesome work. Cheers, friend Morgan. P.S., we also visited the Breckenridge Distillery and sampled a bit of their spirits. Bought a bottle of their spiced whiskey, and we'd love to share it with y'all if you want to try. Just let me know if you guys are interested. Firstly, yes, we are interested.
1: Definitely, 100%.
0: Absolutely. Thank you so much for the offer. Yes. Secondly, I am down. Banner Elk, I am going to ride this freaking... Um, I Alpine slide, Alpine slide. Yeah, I wanted to yep. say bobsled.
1: I mean, kind of. <laughs> yeah,
0: it, Bob one person always,
1: bloods, yeah. blood, 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 blood. sled? One uh, person <laughs> <Bob blood? laughs> uh Yes, one hundred percent down. I will be there. Tyler will be there. I will drag Houston. Shelby will probably voluntarily go.
0: Yes, yeah, she will. I'm sure. I'm going to volunteer her now.
1: But Houston will go because I want him to, and. He does things because he loves me.
0: Oh, um. All right. Well, on that note, yeah, we're definitely excited to get your dad on here and get that story, and to get Morgan. Get friend. Yeah, well, friend. I kind of spoiled that, I guess. Friend. Oh no, we read that. Oh, we yeah. read that email last time. Yeah, friend yeah. Morgan wants to get in the pod chair as well. So, um, Morgan, whenever you want, just let us know. Yeah, shoot us an email. We're wide open.
1: Yeah. Whenever, as Which long as I... it's not the, during the Roval race weekend. Yeah. That's the only weekend that's booked.
0: Pretty much. Um, beyond that, any Sunday that you're, you're good, we're good. Mm-hmm. I know you only live, uh, I'm not sure exactly where, but I know it's within five minutes of my house. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, so just let us know. Awesome. All right. And now on that note, we're going to move on to the real... Uh... <laughs> Final thoughts. All right. You did not save hardly any of
1: that. I didn't. I so I have a little bit left, um, but I've noticed that with any whiskey I choke on, I get like an... Um, uh, aversion? An aversion, but I'm trying to... It's like a... Oh, not... It's a... I can't think of the stupid word, and I love... English. Um, It's where it doesn't
0: make sense. It's. um, I'm stumped. I have nothing. I'll think about it. Confusing. Nope. Okay. Well, one thing I've noticed is as I smell this, it's a lot sweeter now. It smells a lot more vanilla-y and a lot more uh, just sweet in general, which I'm surprised by. I have not changed. I've not put any water. I've not put any, uh, you know, I've just not changed it at all. I've just been presenting. I've sipped a few times here and there, and it's – I had one. uh, I'm not going to say it went down the wrong pipe. It wasn't anything like what Megan did, but it was definitely a different – I tasted it differently somehow because it burnt like – Hell, and I'm not talking the canker sore in my mouth either. It burnt in the back of my throat the whole way. Um, but other than that one little sip, it's been it's been pretty smooth, pretty good. Did you find your word?
1: Yes. Um, irrational or unreasonable. Whenever I choke on a whiskey, I get like an unreasonable hatred of it or aversion to it. It's almost like you you made me choke on you. Now I hate you
0: but you did it. Shh.
1: I said it's irrational. Fair enough. Um, so I continued to drink this whiskey, but the entire time I'm like,
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, what
0: I'm hearing is that I need to put an asterisk, asterisk on Megan's rating today. Maybe I'm
1: trying now that I've calmed down and really thought about it. I'm probably being unfair in my rating because I choked on it. And I, that's something that I do. Um,
0: you're I'm a very emotional raider. Yeah, but you're, yeah. You're an emotional I'm an
1: emotional person. person. I'm emotional, a very yeah. control. I'm controlled by my emotions, not by logic. Yeah, very, very much so. Um,
0: I feel like that's becoming more common amongst people.
1: I don't. I, don't, I do. I, I, I don't know. I think it's. I don't think it's more common. I think it, we've always had the balance of. Logical and emotional people.
0: I don't know. I think the scales are tipping more towards. I, don't,
1: I just think more people are willing to talk about being emotional.
0: Because um, it was no, a sign I'm, of- I'm thinking more like. Mm. Uh, I, I agree with that. But I'm thinking more like people are quick to jump to anger. I guess is more what I'm saying. Anyway, point B. <sighs>
1: uh,
0: let me finish my last sip. Okay.
1: And I'll I'll think about what I actually want to rate it.
0: All right. Well, I was going to drink my last sip here, but I'm going to swirl it and sniff it and fill some air while Megan stares over there with her mouth open.
1: I was breathing out of my mouth. Okay. Uh, <laughs> um, I mean, I'm angry at the whiskey because I choked on it, so I didn't like it.
0: I'm curious. Um, how, did Did that dry? feeling ever go away that dry no taste no no it.
1: never um with with the anger behind it i wanted to give it like a three or four realistically i think this probably deserves more of a four or five um no. again not a huge fan uh very sorry to friend john i don't know if any of his whiskeys have been a winner with me yet um
0: no no uh neither one of us really liked the first two frankly um he swore he would get one of the four. He would make sure one of the four would be a, a winner.
1: I hope it wasn't this one.
0: I, I don't know. He didn't. He didn't. He say didn't say which one. No, nah, I'm pretty sure he's just like. I guarantee you're gonna like one of them. So, <laughs> there's
1: what, one more left. Two more left.
0: Um, one so more. Right? What What are you gonna go with your official rating here?
1: Um, four. It's a four. Ooh. Like middle road, lower middle road.
0: Sad. Price is Right music. Yeah. Um. Well, friend John, I appreciate you sending this.
1: I do too. It's amazing. And it's a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to try some really rare things. So we love it. Thank you for sending it. If you want to send us more, we will love you forever again.
0: Yes. Yeah, and we'd be happy to have you uh, in the chair In the chair, whenever you want to get down here as well. For sure. Um. Despite Megan taking a dump all over all your whiskeys, I liked it. I really enjoyed it. Um, I'm, it's like I said, I had one sip that it was just the way it went down, burned like hell. The rest of it, it's given me a good warm in my belly. Um, a good taste, good flavor profile. Some people might would, I don't want to say some people would say it, but uh, cause I, I kind of would say it too. The, the 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 what's stopping me from ranking it higher is it's a little bland but I'm not saying that it's a bad thing either um I feel like for me I'm gonna rank it fairly high um I'm gonna give it a six and a half so i right. i i debated a seven and uh just a little bit too bland to get a seven for me um, okay. As it went on, it got a little more sweet, a little more vanilla-y. It had a good spice to it. that wasn't overwhelming. It wasn't, like I said, it, it kept my belly warm. This is, I would 100% drink that again um, if I had access to it. Okay. So you've hit with me. I'm happy with that one. All right. So we are excited to... Try number four on the list. Um that will be coming up. I, we were doing uh a three three rotation, mm-hmm. one of our Flaviar samples, one of these samples, and then a bottle bottle Fist. that we had. Yeah. Um, but we are out of Flaviar samples at the moment. So next week we're gonna rotate to uh one of the bottles we have. Like I said, you know, I brought back four from out west, Megan's got one we've got one we hadn't busted open yet, so we got about six bottles we can work our way through yep, yep to choose yep from um, I guess on that note, guys we're going we're a little bit over today.
1: we are it's so, a nice long episode to yeah, to get our you, hiatus yep yeah, make,
0: make up a little bit for you know being off for vacation. I appreciate y'all coming back to us after
1: yes thank Thank you you. so much thanks Um, for
0: listening as always
1: definitely you guys make this possible in every way shape or form Um, rate us review us subscribe to us hit the bell do all the things that will make us seen Uh, email us at contact at whiskeyandwonder.com there are hundreds of you so I know that you're listening you're not all bots there's more than three of you
0: so dozens there's hundreds Hundreds of dozens. <laughs> there, <laughs>
1: <laughs> there are a lot more of you than the amount of emails we get seems to make. That Did that make sense?
0: No. <laughs> no. There's a lot more out there than what you would think by the amount of emails we get.
1: There so, you go, Tyler. Thank you.
0: Y'all email us, please. Uh, please. To those that are emailing us. Thank,
1: thank you. you. Uh, That being said, guys, um, we will see you again next week. We're back on our regular schedule. Uh, We love you so much. We will see you next time. Don't drink a drive. Cheers.
2: One person blood, 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 blood.